Thanks again for joining me. And this week's guest, Scotland and Glasgow City midfielder Leanne Crichton. This is probably one of my most favourite ones to do. Um, as we got to take a wee trip down memory lane with Leanne um, from the flats that were behind our grands playing longies, um, where she used to spend hours practising and practising and practising um, until she perfected the skills that she wanted to do uh, and even got a chance to take them skills. Um, to France um, for the World Cup with the national team. Um, something um, that, as a child, might not have seemed possible to do. Um, there's something quite magical about Leanne's journey so far. Um, as I said, we reminisce about her education in the streets and the red blaze pitches across the country to when she moved into playing with a, a, a girls team for the first time um, and the, the nerves and the anxieties round about that. Um, we go deeper into them anxieties um, as she's gotten older as well. And playing football and, and the environment that it creates. We speak about something that I'm very passionate about myself and that was studying players' movements and actions and what they did on the pitch and how they conducted themselves and the little turns that they used to do or the passes or if they played with that collar up or the chest puffed out. And she applied them to her own game, um, to be honest with you, and you can see that. It's very evident that she's done that. Um, and it, it was great to hear her talk so passionately about it. We then get to talk about the the joys of being at Glasgow City and, and, and winning trophies and some very memorable moments, to which I openly admit that I said that on one occasion uh, it was like somebody was using a PlayStation controller to controller and it was probably one of the best moments that the, the game's produced in terms of that. Um, we could talk about that feeling of winning and being addicted to it and, and being on the other side and not winning and how to overcome it and and become uh, a winner to that level. Also, we get to touch on France um, for the World Cup and what it was like, the build-up to the World Cup, when she finally got to the World Cup and, and that Argentina game. Um, we speak about that. But we also get a chance to talk about reflection after the World Cup, something maybe um, she never really got a chance to do um, straight away, which is becoming quite important and something I've realised over... This lockdown period, uh, there's, there's a lot of self-reflections going on. Let's not forget that on a downtime, she likes to listen to podcasts. Or if she's going from A to B, she likes a podcaster too. So we're absolutely delighted to have her on. Um, but let's not forget that her and her good friend, uh, Rachel Corsi, have got their own behind the goal. So we shout out to them. It's been very good so far. Enjoy listening. So check it out if you haven't. But if you've tuned in to this one, sit back, enjoy. Bye now. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, how are you? Good, really good. good. fresh for a Friday morning, well, we're nearly after now, aren't we? I don't mind a Friday, I know. I like Fridays. Uh, you know, it's getting to the weekend. Pre-season just now, right enough, so it's... How have you got a game at the weekend? We've got a bounce game tomorrow, um, just to get the legs going, get the heart rate back up and 
see where, where you've left them. <laughs> I, know. I ran about training last night and I was like, oh Christ, I've not done that in a long time. I feel bad now, I feel bad. I'm going to jump into where I normally finish with people. Um, what you listen to then? What, what have you got on? The Spotify or the iTunes or anything else? What have you got going? Um, just the old podcast, to be honest, here and there. Try and just keep tabs on general, just sport day to day. Um, obviously, doing bits and pieces with the, with the BBC, which is great. Um, I try and always catch up on the Sports Sound podcast mm-hmm. if they've been on week to week. Um, enjoying some of the Jamie Carragher. I've not listened to any of his yet. I've not listened. Lessons. Jordan Henderson one was, was pretty good. Um, different one. Tony Bellamy was on it. Another one. No, decent. Um, picked up the Tyson Fury has booked the house of kind of kicked that off. That decent, aye. Present, so started trying to just aye anything, anything you can take. I think I'm at that age now where I feel like yourself. You you just want to get as much information aye. as you can and. Um, hearing what other people do and what their routines are like and their careers um, things that they've perhaps had to overcome and love a debate as well so anything that you, you can listen to that you get a few mixed opinions and Do you find yourself getting involved in the debates? Sitting in the motor yourself, talking back to the, the podcast? Aye, oh, uh, I yeah, do that as well Aye, because you think no, you've got uh, a strong point there and uh, I think that's a problem I think because you, you with podcasts and stuff like mm-hmm. that, now if you look online and you look at like Twitter for example and people have put things up, but actually that's their, that's a platform then to have that debate on it and yep. bite back, whereas a lot of the time you, you don't need to offer your opinion, you can just, with a podcast, uh, you it should be that you can listen to it and you can hear other people's points of view and then you should just be, be able to sit and be content with what your view uh, is on that, whereas I think now when a lot of that kicks off, you then look on Twitter that day and you've got people just going hammering tongs at each other about what they think is right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just can't be bothered with it's that. It's a horrible platform. Trying to, trying to steer clear of that for I do, I, I do that as well. That's something I said to myself because I spend a lot of time on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, mostly they just, I go on Twitter to read news and stuff like that, yeah. but since the, it was one of the boys in the office actually told me to start reading Athletic. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? Right, no. And it's like, a, it's one of the best sports writers right into this Athletic it's called, so... You don't need to read the papers or you don't need to go on Twitter to get it. It's just an app okay. and you subscribe to it and you get all the stories through if you're down south and here and yeah. Champions League and all that. I think that's the thing with Twitter and stuff now. Lots of social media platforms, it's, it's too open. That is, aye. To anything, you're getting too much of everything. Uh, and I think, like that, we're going on it maybe just to read it. It's mm-hmm. headlines, interviews. Definitely. Um, interactions response to games and, and moments that have happened and, and amongst that you're having to trail through endless amounts of tweets about nonsense and people's verbal and, ah, honestly no time for that it's just people look for attention you know, that's what it is isn't it you can get and keep away from the, the crap I know I'm bad for flagging on it just for that reason like I won't go on it and then I'll think oh I need to get a podcast out I need to jump back into yeah. all the social media and Which, that's why it's amazing I mean listen you, you t- one tweet can go so far, like thousands. No, definitely. Thousands of, um, people you can reach and interactions with that one tweet, and mm-hmm. people pass it on and retweet it and comment. And before you know it, it's an incredible platform. But with that same positive tweet, you're getting the same negative. Negative that comes with. I, I feel that that's affecting. Definitely. Um, a lot of the good things about sport, in particular, now because you do find you're just a bit bogged down speaking about. 
all negative demeanors and um there should be loads of good chat. Absolutely. No bad chat today. We're not having any bad chat. So. No, it's terrible. I meant you, not me, to be fair. I wasn't talking about me, I was talking about you. No negativity. I'm a wee moaner, to be fair, but I'm, I'm moaning real life. I don't moan in social media. I moan about break my tone a shower, do you know what I mean? And I'll not let it go for another three months. It's, I've got a timeline on things, so... Who, what bands do you listen to? Do you, do you tend to switch off at times away from games and listen to music, or is it... Are you? And this has come up a lot because I think when you do. So you know the DJ in the dressing room then? No, definitely no. not. Um, if you need a GBX playlist, that's that's it, isn't fine. It? I can roll yep. that out. Um, that's probably all I've had in my locker for the last. A lot of people have got that in a locker, but it's a saviour button to it. Like when you put GBX on, everybody just, seems to be happy. Just what I've known, like in terms of growing no. up in Glasgow and music, you would have listened to as a, a teenager at school Aye. and. Games and is, eh? I mean, you maybe just had a wee MP3 <laughs> player and you, you were burning CDs. It was a compilation. Of we were talking about uh, GBX soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> but I've written on there. Seven on there as well. Um, but no, I, I generally just if I'm doing my training session or that, I'll put on GBX dance music, something or even a podcast. Now I actually mm-hmm. prefer listening to listening. people talking. Aye. Then don't think about the, the training session as mm-hmm. much. If I'm on the treadmill and a song finishes, I then look at the time and I think how long I've got left, whereas if I'm listening to a story or an interaction or a book, I kind of get lost in that story and I become part mm-hmm. of that rather than thinking about the session. So I'm Definitely. That's got me through the last couple of pre-seasons that I've had Decent. to do bits and pieces on my own. Um, generally Spotify, I'll just fire on if I'm in the car and anything like... Sing away. Just a wee... Spotify's own playlist. It's funny when you catch somebody singing, isn't it? Old school stuff, I quite like when you. Aye. Terrible memory, I think, with music and films as well. I'm, I'm crap. That came up a few weeks ago in one of the um, sports things. People were asking which your favourite movie, and I was like, I, off the top of my head, like I couldn't, like I couldn't name. Ah, you can't see. And I like going to the cinema, and like watching movies from time to time. I actually think I prefer the popcorn and the juice and the movie. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, honestly, like, and I would come away and I'd go, alright, I quite like that movie or whatever, but I'm kind of the same with music. I don't remember music. No, there's a few people like that. Enough. I don't think I invest enough time in Mm -hmm. to actually think. Ah, yeah. I'd get back to it or I would keep needing that same. Ah, yeah, I get you. Aye. Um, But it's just the way it's probably just the way my brain's tuned. I don't mind my own company, so I actually don't. Aye, you can just. I can just be happy. That's good. And silence at times, like, doesn't he? That's decent, by the way, because there's a lot of people that can, and there's nothing worse when you're in somebody's motor as well, and their taste of music's absolutely yeah. honking. I think my brain's probably quite overactive in that sense. Like, if I find myself on my own, I, I, I genuinely, my thoughts in terms of what I'm doing, what I should be doing, what I could be doing, mm-hmm. and I catch up on a lot of that, I and I don't need anything to, to switch That's off good. to get to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I get you. So, but I, I do like music. I was at the Jerry Cinnamon gig at uh, the Hydro. Yeah, he's good, that. Back. That was a wee last minute thing that came up with a couple of the girls for the team and we ended up going along and that was different class, really, really good. Aye, he puts on a show, doesn't he, even though it's just him and a guitar. Uh-huh. Aye, so Place is bouncing. That, you always, as you get older, you start to appreciate these things, don't you? Aye, ah, you do. You do, you <laughs> used to think, what's he playing a guitar for? It's so impressive. So, no, music, I, I like a bit of everything. Um, 
That's decent. Any other podcasts you would recommend with the, the Carragher ones and that? There's, a, there's um, been a good few recently. Podcasts Open Goal are doing, doing really good. I Aye. Think, um, listen, I don't even so much about their informed football chat because I don't know if a lot of the time... Aye, there's that. a lot of good banter on that, eh? That banter on light-hearted humour, which I, I think um, everybody needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Desert Island Discs. Aye, I've listened to that a few times. Aye, right? old school. I never... Um, hadn't heard about it. I, I didn't know what it was. I, I certainly didn't realise it had been going for as many years as it had. But I found that they're quite good because they're quite short, 30 minutes. Loads of different types of businessmen and women, sports people, authors. Um, that is just a real insight. Definitely, yeah. Um, just people's lives and again their journeys where they came from uh, how they've got to obviously the top in, in terms of who they are mm-hmm. again that's always nice like you're, at, you're listening what people like music wise food wise what's definitely the, um, you know and if you can relate to people that you you maybe wouldn't put yourself on the same page mm-hmm. um, so I Desert Island this is, is a good one for that is it's good I enjoyed that one and it's maybe not for everybody but it's certainly it's more about folks' lives, which I think is the important bit, which we forget. We see people as a footballer, mm-hmm. as a boxer, as an author, you know, and you just have that celebrity status for them. You actually forget that they're just human beings at the end of the day and they've, they've went on the same journey that we've all went on in terms of where we're looking to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, aye, that's a good one. No, that is, it's good. That, get involved. Yeah. You getting a fee for that one, no? No. no. No, yeah, we'll try and, <laughs> we'll try, try and get in there somehow. You know me, I'm always trying to get in places. For, <laughs> but no, I'd agree with you on that one. I think there's, there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, I seem to get caught up recently now in, as you say, the storytelling ones there. Mm-hmm. And I know we're on a podcast talking about other podcasts, but the have you ever heard of the magazine Mundial? They kind of brought print back for football magazines, so they've made up one, and it's like a six-part series. Okay. But there's one, uh, Magnificent Seven, it's called, and it's about the, the lead-up to the World Cups. Right. Excuse me, for the female side of the game. And they, okay. they talked to um, some of the, the legends that have played in it and right. go near and far. But then they, they go into the, the, the forgotten rivalries of Man U Arsenal and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And they talk about Ronaldo when he was at PSV as a young boy and how it all started. So, But they go to, it's different people they speak to throughout right. the podcast. It's not the same person, so... You're getting to hear all the different viewpoints and it's quite cool. So I'll, I'll send a link on to that one to you. It's amazing as well. You, know, when you think about that, you think about podcasts and, and those type of things that you, you do easily forget. Mm-hmm. Like that rivalries that have got, you know, like you live in the moment almost. Aye. Like just now you, you speak about Liverpool being the best team in, in the world and, and then you think about people that have lived through Man United when they dominated Arsenal. Absolutely. And Invincibles and people that would have seen mm-hmm. Ronaldo and Messi firsthand as young players. But do you think that that material now in these discussions they'll forever be there and they'll be Aye. accessible so for people now like uh, players that have been and gone in, in the past if you think like Pele and the great Maradona and almost like you you want to have been able to have spoken to them in the moment as Aye. much as they can reflect now and the story that they'll tell will mm. be very similar but you almost want as much information from you them want everything. in their prime and the way you Absolutely. access Ronaldo now and, and you hear how he trains and what he does to be the best and Messy, how he conducts himself, and you just you always have that now. No, definitely. They're there, and you can get them whenever you want. It's incredible, isn't it? It's um. What was your first football memories? What What was the first thing that stood out to you about football? Um, I think it was 
literally just being a kid, growing up in the East End of Glasgow, um, everybody played. Mm-hmm. Um, lucky in the sense that I've got two brothers, um, we all loved football, mm-hmm. and we were consumed by it. Colin was a couple of years older, John is a number of years younger than me, um, but we, we grew up more, so probably me and Colin of a similar age, just playing in the streets, building goals, spending every single day after school, straight in, uniform off, football straight on, in. straight Brilliant. back out. Um, summer holidays, you just, you know, playing over the field, trying to probably go away and acquire some steel um, cages, you remember? Aye. Off buildings Aye. and stuff, that would be like a... A top class summer if you could acquire if you could get them cages that you could make your own you used, set of goals. You used to be able to carry them just too easy, well, couldn't you? You get the wooden plank for somewhere that Aye. somebody's dad was redoing the garden, and you've got a big wooden plank that you've got up for the crossbar. And Memories generally, that was just football. Like, I, I don't remember really a day as a kid not playing football. Like, I, Aye, I'm the exact same. Um, I was speaking to my brother. My older brother on the way over here today, and we're speaking about the concussions mm-hmm. that's came in, and you uh, saying what my thoughts on it and stuff were, and I don't really have a, a thought on it. Such if there's studies there, there's case studies there that are saying it's no good, and it's affecting people. Then probably kids up to the age of twelve, it's not going to mm-hmm. change them as players. My only concern would be when you get to 13, 14 and you start incorporating it, ensuring that you're not increasing the risk of injury then, so making sure that you can still work on yeah. the art of heading the ball. I said, but kids are not like us now, we would be out playing no. Hidey Two Touch. What you a know? game. <laughs> that was a great game, wasn't it? Like, we would play that for hours, you know, to the point that... I don't know if that's a Glasgow thing, by the way, because some people don't know what Hidey yeah. Two Touch is. Maybe there's another name for it. Ah, uh, maybe, because there's loads uh, of different ones, isn't there? It's just funny, I'm going, so kids are, are not doing that now, so we probably don't need to worry that no. they're heading the ball, because everything, the way we coach and the way we you know, teach kids about the game, you know, everything's on the deck, and Aye. everyone's moving the ball and playing that Barca-style football, where mm-hmm. um, you're trying not to have teams, you know, punting the ball, um, but I literally just every everything that you could have done with football is, is what I No, definitely, yeah. Football, playing... Went to Alexandra Parade Primary and that was some of my fondest memories of football, even until now. Yeah. Being part of that team, being the only girl. Um, in the school in team. The school team. We dominated um, all tournaments the mm. season that I played. I think we won four trophies. Um, and it's funny looking back because I think Robert Snodgrass would have played during about that time, James MacArthur, Graham Dorans, I know. I think he went to San Diego Primary and it's always stuck with me because I remember them being our biggest rival uh, in terms of... You always have a rivalry with your yeah, schools, don't you? And they used to always speak about this kid that was, I think he was at Livingston mm-hmm. at the time and he was so good and, and he was. Uh, um, but I think we went on and, and beat them in the cup final at the end of that year and just being part of looking back now in, in photos mm-hmm. and the memories and just to think how unique that situation uh, was now. No, definitely. Girls football has changed so much now that probably not as many girls will experience that type of environment where you were the only girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and everywhere you went, you were just a wee lassie that played football. That played football, aye. <laughs> um, still trying to get away from that now, which um, is funny but incredible. Aye, brilliant. I really aye, loved that period of my life where 
football was so fun and, and everything you you done was just about enjoying it and no, it was amazing. Nostalgia in my head right now when you're talking. I'm just thinking, because I grew up around the corner. Well, I've been a bit up cast milk and Crookston and stuff like that, but around the corner in that big field before Hamden, we used to build our own goals and it was the bits of wood. And I'll never forget, my mum came out one day because it, it was dry, so we didn't know how to get the, the wood into the, the ground. She's like, I'll hammer it. And she hammered her. She missed the wood and not her finger and broke her finger. And we were all like, you're right, you're right. And she's like, I'm like, but is the goal's going to be all right? Like, we weren't really bothered about a thumb. Our thumb was all splattered. We were like, the goal's going to be all right if you broke the wood. And then within two days, the clinic came and took it away and spoiled it. And then they did they did take the cages away for us because we, we used to steal the cages all the time. Um, and they took the cages away because the older boys made like a steel cage so they could wrestle on it. So we all got involved and we're getting flung into these cages and like, oh, hold on a minute, this is no football anymore. This is jailbait. Like somebody's going to get injured. They were gold we, dust. We played a lot, uh, even just like with my brothers and a couple of other boys that um, stayed in and around Deniston where my granny stayed. Um, and she lived in the old tenements. Aye. Uh, so the back back greens and whatever with the, the bin sheds and stuff. Um, and had the poles, you know, the four corners with the washing. Ah, they were brilliant, weren't they? Biggest goals yeah. in the world. You know, I, I just remember having like the, the predators when like Beckham was obviously that was his thing. And Everybody wanted them, didn't they? You had I and just being out in the the back, you know, curling free kicks into just an, an empty two poles and Aye. You know, buying into the the swerve on it if you Aye. had that. Aye. Aye. Grass, so it one but you're you're hitting it, you know, straight on, then you're trying to get up the hill and back room. Washing pole and oh. back in and, uh, I just, I, I honestly like, I'm so thankful that that was was how I learned. Definitely. The game because I think now it's as much as it it progressed for kids and there's so many opportunities. I just think that raw I did. element of fun and not even you just never knew any different. No. You know no. it was it was so good and take your ball and go on it. That was it. And maybe that's even to this day why I'm probably fine with my own company mm -hmm. and I don't aye, mind aye, aye. because I, I spent a lot of time as a kid just practising keepy-uppies just me and my football and that was you know my brother was away with his friends and my wee brother was it was maybe too wee at that time aye. none of the girls that aye, played. played and if other folk were doing things just go you know, bounce aye. the ball off the wall practice your keepy-uppies your tricks your flicks mastering the football and mm -hmm. um, I loved it Absolutely. I did, I loved it. The amount of times I used to take a pebble dashing off my granny's wall when I went down, she'd chase me. And the worst <laughs> thing was... Aye. Like watch the motors and I'm like, I'm not near the motor, leave me alone. And we we had the big field and the wee field, so when you were younger you played in the wee field and then if you were lucky enough you get pulled up to the big field. Yeah. Or if you were good enough. And But I used to practice like... I can remember somebody had a... It was like a stump on their gate, a big stone bit and I used to practice trying to hit it for different places. And I went to date for the big field one day and uh, I've lettered it and I didn't see the woman walking at the gate and it caught her right in the face. <laughs> and I thought, oh. and do you know what my first thought was? It wasn't about the woman, it was, her son's going to batter me. Because he was, <laughs> it was like a man, do you know what I mean? He was like 19, 20 at the time, but I think I was about 11 or 12. I was like, ah, oh, Mark's going to kill me. And then he came out the next day and I was dead sheepish, you know that? And he's like, no chirpy today, are you? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I says, you alright, Mark? And he's like, do you hit my mum on the face? I was like, aye, I did. And he's like, I watched it for a Wendy and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? My heart just came back. He was fine with it. He's like, what a shot.
But he's more, I apologised to her every day for about a year, just saying I'm really sorry. And she went, it's fine. She says, what are you doing? I says, I tried to hit a stump and you got in the road. <laughs> and it was hitting it and she walked it, caught her man square in the face. I told my granny and everything, <laughs> just hoping that she'd back me up if something went down, because you always know your granny's going to have your back. <laughs> Never told my mom, I'm like, you'll kill me for hitting somebody in the face. But no, it was just, the memories were great for me. Like, Literally endless, like the, the memories with that are endless. Aye, and it's spot on what you said there, like maybe that is why you're very comfortable with your, yourself because you were away with your boy and that was it, you didn't bother. I, I, I genuinely loved it. Um, every bit about it. There's so many bits that you're saying there, you had the big field, the wee field, there was nowhere that we went or we stayed, if we were at my grand's, if we were at my nana's, if we were at our, up at our own house, aye. different bits that you made. They could play, aye. Up, there was no reason oh. like now where No. I think they ended up coming around the fact that they had travelled, they were like, we'll, we'll play anyway, and 
we scored first. They ended up battering us like mm-hmm. 10 or something. But I remember I tripped up uh, Diana Barry, who I then went on to a couple of years later to play with yeah. Scotland and Whitehill Welfare. And I remember her in tears after the game <laughs> because her knees, took both knees were skin. Uh, the, Blaze was stuck it and we laughed about it years later. Aye. Do you know that way? It was funny because they had obviously a couple of years where investment in Edinburgh must have <laughs> flourished, <laughs> man. They had <laughs> the bowling green. Pitches had obviously been uh, laid through there, and I was like, no, I've never heard anybody playing in a grass pitch. Just keep your. Uh, the only ones I'd known was when I went to watch the juniors. I used to trek mm-hmm. about my mold by Abbey's wee yeah. sidekick, and when I watched the juniors, and I was like, Wonder what they'd be like on the red ash. Because <laughs> the red ash, was, red ash or a pavement was all you knew, or the slope. The slope literally goes like that, where I stayed. So, and then when the first Astro part, I think I played them was Bali up in Castmilk, yeah. and the boy used to just go. Was that? Aye, and you're like, what? And you used to think you were quick, and you're like, what the hell? But it was just sand, and me grew up playing on that, and you're saying about the touch, like, remember the bouncy boy used to take that? Ten feet up in the air, and you're like, I'm getting that. That's mine, man. The concussion rule in terms of Edwin would be if that was still what you were playing on. Mm-hmm. Do you know how would you control the game? Because you said no. you wouldn't be playing Barca style football. No. It would actually be funny to see what the footage would be like <laughs> in this game. Because I look back and then I think, oh, we were great. You know, maybe nah, the man. ball was never in play. I don't know. Maybe it was just Aye. he punted it long and hopefully. Somebody scored. Something got on the end there. You create your own truth as you get older, so you, the way ah, you see it, it wasn't uh, as glamorous and fun as it, it might have been. That was horrendous. <laughs> I, can, I can remember playing on it with a school, um, and we used that as our home part, and they hadn't changed it to 3G yet. And uh, I was at Hamilton at the time, and I said, oh, there's a school game. It's like a big game, can I play in it? And they were like, right, fine. Any injuries, it's on your head. And I was like, fine. So they sent somebody to watch it, and they were genuinely like, what the fuck is this? Because you go down the big hill to get to the partner and they're like, what is this? Or the, or the locals on the pitch yeah. watching it. And I, I was like, I thought I'd, when, I, when I spoke to him after it, I was like, I thought I had a really good game. He says, you did, but I was fearing for your life. <laughs> I was like, well, I need to get a bit of, bit of acid in the back of my leg. I've got a burn right up my ass." And he's like, I'm glad that's all you got. And I'm like, well, this is what I grew up on. I know how, you know how to play it because you've grew up on it. So it was carnage, man. But it was interesting you said about the predators there because I, I used to beg my old boy for them. It'd be nice. So I'd get my cousin's hand-me-downs and then uh, I can remember my granny saying, right, do you want a pair of football boots? And my dad was looking at me across the room and I was like, aye. I says, I need these because she, she used to buy them as well as yeah. my mum and dad. So she'd be like, what do you want? And I wasn't messing about it. I went and got the catalogue out of the motor and all that. And I was like, these ones. And I think they were 50 quid, which these days you're like 50 no, quid singing me. But back that's... then it was like... Because I've always felt a bit hard done by because I've quite big feet and I think I've been like adult sizes since Aye. I was like so you've been done out of them? 10, 11 that's um, a shocker so I've been paying full price <laughs> so anybody that's wanting to dish out some free boots at this stage of my career I'm always happy You're to, taking them. to take them definitely I've invested enough um, you pay fortunes didn't you? but well, I, even that back then 50, 70 quid or something I remember because it went aye it was 50 for a smaller one 70 and then see when it went to that Hunter Mark, you're like, oh my no. God, what am I going to do? And then Sports Direct opened up, and you were like, yes, <laughs> they're cheaper. How do you get them cheaper? Stockpiling them, selling them to your mates. Year, me and Sifton, uh, I think it might have been like my birthday, and I would get my name. So I think 
grieve done a yeah, stitching on it. Stitching, um, and I had to get my name. I mean, I wouldn't even dream about getting my name and book nah. But uh, is that phase you go through on it? People get flagging all that on them, didn't they? Right. In fact, we Matt's got the flagging. Yeah, he's I initials on his books. I know it's uh, loads of the, the sponsors and stuff. That's like, part and parcel. Like, Aye, getting, getting it done. Um, but I wouldn't be getting up my way to paying for them. No, because you used to be about twenty quid, didn't it? Twenty quid uh, to get your name on it or something I, like that. Poof. Felt you you know, did, didn't you? you felt a business. Reenact the, the mannerisms and everything about. No, you um, did. You did as a kid. That. That's what you done. Long balls and it was. Any pair of boots you got, you'd try and associate it with a player that wore them, wouldn't you? And I, do you know what? I actually think that's what's changed in, in football a lot now because I don't know if kids watch football as much as what we would have watched football. Nah, and it's there for them. Like it's everywhere for them. Yeah, it's on, but I. Even my nephew, he's 13 and we'll say to him at times, you know, like, this game's on, we'll watch it and he'll no. watch it, will watch it, watch it. he's not the one that's planning to watch it. Aye. I remember as a kid, you would oh, be on a waiting. Saturday, if it was on, if it was a cup final, oh, a derby, if it was a big game. Um, Definitely, yeah. you And you watched it and you watched those players, be there. the way they would conduct themselves and their mannerisms and how they ran and the way they turned and the tricks that they would do and I, I remember being obsessed with that looking Aye. taking bits for every player that I would watch and no 100% to, 100% to me you know and I don't know I think kids see the glamour side of the game they don't more watch now, more about the celebration ah it is it's celebration and more about how the player ran how they moved. How they moved and nope. Aye. the way they shouted at folk on the pitch or the way they spoke to people. Mm-hmm. Um, how they tackled and, and the way they acted when they came out of a tackle. You know, look, for me, I used to think... Aye, I agree with you 100%. Because now I think it's like kids are now thinking... It's the style of the game, isn't it? It's the show. It. the old Fortnite celebration if I score. Oh, fucking... No thinking about how Manny, they score. Aye, Manny, used, <laughs> aye, he's no like that. so much about what play look like to get in there to score it Um, I I agree with you because you're saying that and I can remember for a while we used to we all used to even my mates with our Celtic sports used to try and copy Barry Ferguson the way he moved the way he played the way he passed the ball he always had that chest puffed it didn't he there's one bit of my game and I love it when you're driving across one way and you flip it back with outside of your foot and you go the completely different direction opposite direction and it gets folk all the time and Barry Ferguson, that was one that he used Aye. to do. I mean, he was always... He got such a bad rep, I think, for... For playing sideways and all that. Honestly, I don't agree like with that. for me, as a central midfielder, that everything about his game was... I thought he was outstanding. What a player he was, man. Um, so, I, it was wee bits like that, you know, and still bits in my game Aye. now that I, I know where I can identify the bits in my game mm-hmm. and where they've come from and who it's about. Aye. And that's the beauty now for me... As a female player, hoping now that for me that would have been players like Barry Ferguson, Gerard, Keane, mm-hmm. Scholes. As I get a bit older, you're looking at your Javis, Iniesta's, how simple they make the game. Aye. But now you've got young girls, hopefully they can look at female. Absolutely, women. looking at people like yourself. And, and going, you know, that you know, she does that and she does this and Erin Cuthbert does that. Mm-hmm. And that's where they'll mould. Definitely. Their identity in their bits of the game. So that's the nice bits of that. But I, I was absolutely obsessed with, with, with just. No, I was the same. And, and 
reacting what I, I seen on the pitch. My mates used to slate me for that exact thing because mm -hmm. I always used to try and do it, but it was passing. I always, I was always a good passer of the ball, so I always wanted to make sure it was good. Mm -hmm. So anytime people would be away practising shooting and all that, I'd be like, no, I'm going to go and put out wee targets. Uh, and I would do it for hours and hours and hours. Even when I was 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, I was still doing it. And I used to say, obviously it's not Eva, but it was, I had a girlfriend at the time, and she'd be like, oh, you want to come to me? And I'm like, nah, nah. And they'd walk past the field and I'd be pinging balls off a tree and <laughs> she's like, something no right with you. Like, we're all going to have a bottle of my dog or something. And you, nah, I'm not. And it didn't interest yeah. me whatsoever. I was just like, nah, I'm fine. I've got a ball. I'll go and find somebody to kick the ball out with me or I'll hit it off my granny's wall. And, yeah. ah, but you're 16. I was like, I don't care. No, I know. I, I, I don't care. That, you know, Aye. That age and people doing like, lots of different things that I genuinely wasn't that interested in. I would enjoy hearing about it in a month when I was Aye. in school and folk would be going, well, you should have seen what happened. Aye. And, and that, and I'm like... Madness. Had I know. <laughs> I was the same. I used to... We had a brilliant side of we were playing 12v12. Aye. <laughs> my pal used to phone me and he, 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 he slates me for it, but uh, he asked me to go to Dundas one night to dancing and I asked my dad, and secretly, I was hoping my dad said no. Because yeah. she would have said that. My mum said aye. And I was like, right. And when she said, phone your dad, I'm like, oh, he might save me. Because it was pressure, because my pals were stoned in there, like, ready to go. And I'm like, and my dad just went, nah, give me more. And I went, yes. So I walked away, and I thought, right, I need to try and do it. I'll start greeting. <laughs> I just turned on the wall, oh, for God's sake, my dad, and all that, and moaned about him. And they're like, right, we're going to go then. And I says, I need bother. I was always younger than all the people I hung about with, but he used to say, we'd phone you to come to the dancing, he'd say, no, we'd phone you for a Saturday and a Friday night, you'd be there in the 75 within minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that's, no. I just wanted to give him a football, I didn't care who I was playing against. Aye. And I'm, I'm glad of that as well, in terms of my upbringing, that my mum and uh, my stepdad were... My mum was definitely more strict than my stepdad, but um, quite firm in the sense that, no you're not doing this and, and probably took away a, a lot of choice in terms of that mm -hmm. but it was for the right reason yeah definitely you know, and, and I'm glad because that actually that was the same as you there'd be times I'd be hoping that they uh, would make the decision and you, <laughs> you didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pressure isn't it when you're younger and you're like oh no 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 you know, my, my big brother's maybe going oh there's the grip for a side and yeah. I'm going oh Please, please, please. Like, I want to do that instead. And you've maybe got another choice. And they go, no, you're not going to that. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, it's not, not even night certain stuff for that. It was like my auntie taking my cousin's shopping and that. And I'd, oh, I really don't feel well. And then they'd come back off the bus and I'd be out <laughs> the, playing a tidy. And she's like, uh, I was like, I didn't want a McDonald's. I didn't want to go and walk about the shops. I wanted to play football with my pals. And you'd know it'd be organised for the night before, so yeah. you'd know when you had to be there. And you just turned up, there was no phones, weren't there? No, you no, just rocked up. Just, if, and, and that's what I'm saying, like if you went, there'd be times, I remember maybe going out and there was one bit at my grand's where it was the old tenements on Craig Park Drive, across the road was the Salvation Army. It just had like a concrete spare bit of ground, Aye. but it was right facing my grand's window. Aye. And then in and around that, you had a couple of the boys that stayed, it was either their grand's mm -hmm. houses as well, and often you wouldn't go and chat with door because you were happy either way. So I would go out and hedge my bets. Aye. You'd go out and start bouncing and, and playing and hoping that if somebody sees you, they'll come out and join you. That ball was like a calling to them, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. It was like they heard it so and you're that like, right. Your phone, that was aye. effectively your WhatsApp. Definitely, um, aye. 
and then you know maybe twenty minutes later you've got they maybe get their trainers on and they've had their dinner after school and they've come out and, and you get a wee game of longies. Um, or they would end up two threes and it's one wee one uh, and you were chopping and changing it. So that's memories, um, man. Aye, that was your calling back then. There was that was the ball bouncing on the concrete and to speak to people and nah. that was it. And see, to be honest, like, see those like boys like that that I kind of um, played football with. That was just what we done, and we were Aye. happy with that. You didn't need to then go up the road and be able to speak to them. Nah. Texting, WhatsApp, and having groups. It was almost like that was the purpose that we. That was, was it. We all played football together. And then we all just went up the road, and then and that was day, it. We just kick off again. Same again. <laughs> Bag gets launched, doesn't it? Uniform practically <laughs> ripped off your body. You generally couldn't wait to, to get home to school. I mean, it probably explains why I left school with no many qualifications right enough, because I was just obsessed. Ah, yeah, I was. By playing football. I was. Everybody in here talks about staying in school to fifth year and sixth year, and I'm like. Fourth year, and I was out of there, man. I went. To, I, I did go to college when I went to Hamilton. They sent us to college, but even sitting in college, I'm like, ah, training, training, training. Mm. So I would run for the nautical college at bought me to Tergale Street, get trained to Hamilton, run down the hang me, <laughs> and they used to wind me up saying we could see you running down the big. <laughs> I was like, I just wanted to get in, get my boots on, get out in the turf, man. But yeah. I, the timing of that was, was frustrating. Probably was just no. Nah. Not for me, I think as I've got older, um. Willing to learn now, and I'm happy to learn. Yeah. I want to study, and I want to learn more and do more. And but back then, it was. I think you did, didn't you? Having fun. And you used to tell you, I'll never, never bother. Whatever, whatever. What about when you you got a bit older? What was it, the first women's team you actually played for then? Because it it wasn't as there's, there's a lot now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot kicking about. So. Well, I remember playing a couple of games, I must have been probably 13, 14, Bayliston uh, women had a team, mm -hmm. and they used to play where I stayed in Mount Vernon, they played at Mount Vernon Park, and I remember just a couple of Saturdays randomly, mm -hmm. um, one of my friends was a year or two older than me, um, had other people, like knew other people who played, I ended up playing a couple of games, but I, I remember that, I was like 13 and these women were probably like, enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was, but literally, I never played for a, an actual girls team until I was 15, and that was when I went to Cumbernauld. Right. Um, which, that was quite, quite strange now, really, when you think about that. And mm -hmm. that opportunity came about because my younger brother was at a football camp, and I had went along uh, with my mum to pick him up, and I was doing keep uppies just outside the pitch where we mm -hmm. were waiting, and, and Carol, who ran Cumbernauld at the time, was there. She'd seen me doing two jumpies and they'd be like, what a pretty decent player, do you want to but come play. So um, that was how I got into that. So I only actually played girls football for probably two seasons before it then we became mm -hmm. 16, 17, yep. moved up to senior football. Um, but within that space of time, I had then joined Cumbernauld, played a couple of seasons. That was then I played in a team with Emma Fern and mm -hmm. uh, Jenny Conby, yep. Sue Lathens. Um, you know, really decent players, um, and then straight up from there, I went to Glasgow City, a trial kind of thing. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks I was there, and then I went to I was at Whitehill mm -hmm. uh, Welfare out through Edinburgh. Played. I had met a couple of my good friends who we had met through the Scotland mm -hmm. and they were Edinburgh based. They were playing with Hibs Girls. We were coming all big yep. rivals. And then a few of them were going to Whitehill and the majority of the Cumbernauld uh, girls went to Glasgow City. 
one or two branched off elsewhere and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go out the box. And ah, and try something different. Again, yeah. But probably I still had that mindset of playing with my friends and, mm -hmm. and playing for fun. Aye. Also, no going to Glasgow City and, and Hibs um, were again the two top teams even then. So I, I almost never wanted to go to the best team. Yep. I, I, Something more appealing about going and being an underdog and actually... Aye, there always is, isn't there? Aye, I think I, there always is. I think I had that mentality because I probably had always felt like an underdog in the sense mm -hmm. that I was always playing with the boys or yeah. the guys, either older, always had to do that wee bit more to impress. Um, and that was still my mindset. Um, so that through them played the White Hill for a couple of seasons, that then changed to Edinburgh Ladies. Um, then obviously I was at Celtic and stuff. So went on, eventually found myself at Glasgow City in 2011, uh, 2012, kicked on with them. And it's incredible, really, when we spoke about it on Sports Sound a, a couple of weeks ago, when we looked at the beginning of the decade to the end of the decade. Aye. Uh, and you think how mad that football journey's even been in. Absolutely. The latter part of um, mm -hmm. my football career. So Definitely, it's been. I, it was, it's funny, I mean, you think, so if I wasn't going to keep you up, he's at the, the side of the pitch. <laughs> Aye, exactly. Um, because as much as my family were really supportive and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, and I was always unable to play football, my mum, my, my stepdad, they were never pushy in the sense that. It wasn't yeah, like you need to do it. football, so you mm -hmm. need to go and do it. We need to find you a team, we need you to do you know, it was almost like That's good. for fun and, and if you want to mm -hmm. do that, but then in the same breath you're kinda of going, Well that was fine that, that opportunity came, but what would have happened if that never came, would you have pushed me to get Aye, you're going to do it. into a team mm -hmm. and, um it's probably quite a unique journey like that because even the girls that I met at that time when I went to Cumbernauld, they had all played Scottish schools and stuff, yep. and I had missed out on all of that. There was a school that I went to, we were never privy to, to those opportunities. Um, no, my school never was either. I, think I remember going to one trial, never knew what it was, I, mm -hmm. what I was actually going to. Turned up, and it was one of the ones when you go to trials, I don't know if it's still the same, and you've literally got about six pitches on the go at the one time, and you've got to go <laughs> over seeing the game. Ah, it's I just see, a free-for-all, you, you get kicked when you arrive. Mm -hmm. Three sizes too big for you, or too hanging off you. It's a short sleeve, <laughs> but it really looks like a long sleeve. Um, and I remember just being terrified, though. Mm -hmm. Terrified. About Aye, it. I know that feeling. That trial, and because it was so out of the ordinary, and I mean, my older brother, we speak of that as well, because mm -hmm. he played, and he was he was really good as a kid. Um, and he speaks about that being terrified, mm -hmm. going on trials where I'll be nervous and stuff, and granted, definitely. You know, older players, older, and just crumbling almost, mm -hmm. and, and no wanting to go back. And I remember that feeling, and even now I, I do, still, eh? when I, I turn up to games, and um, like people would comment on how I, how they perceived me at that age, mm -hmm. and it was almost like an arrogance they thought. Yep. But it was actually fear. Aye. I was terrified of the environment. Mm -hmm. I know that feeling. I, I only ever, I only ever knew going to something with my brothers, I mm -hmm. never knew going to something with my best friend Aye. and people that I, I could relate to. I yeah. never knew how to turn up to a team of strangers, to walk into a changing room with people that you don't know and to be expected to perform. Do you know? So it was no, like, absolutely. Um, so I, it was like a fast track period for literally 15 to 17, mm -hmm. 18 and then I was playing Scotland under 17, Scotland yeah. under 19s. I was one of the first in my age group to 
take the step up to under 19 mm. when we were still only 17 and stuff so it was a fast track period of time um, I, I, I'm glad you said that there because it is scary like and that'll be the same for kids in this day and age as well and it's a key group you need to try and hit the, the younger ones that are coming in but I can remember even though I played at Barley probably every week mm. I can remember going in and uh, it was Dunfermline at the time Dunfermline Boys Club and uh, my uncle he took one of the older teams and he's like come in like, you're a good player just come in and I never ever wanted to play with a team I wanted to play with my mates and then playing the organised games that we played and he says come in and I can remember walking in and just seeing I think it was it was actually eight pitches they'd split it into. Oh man, I fucking, I shat myself. I, I shat myself and had to go back to my auntie's. Mm -hmm. Like, I just stood and went, nah, no for me, mm -hmm. not for me. Very and I knew nice. boys that were there and I knew coaches and I was just like, nah, yeah. no for me. And one of the other coaches actually said to me, he was uh, he was there that night, but he stayed down the stair for us. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know he took the team around. I just used to see him going to football and he says, listen, I take the team that you're meant to be coming to play with. Do you want to come in? And I says, well, no really no, because there was too many people and I didn't like it. And he says, no, we train at Cup Riggs, we school along the road. He says, we train in there on the grass up the back. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come? I says, I no problem, I'll come. So he took me, I knew he was taking me, so I was like, that's fine, I know his boy. Ended up knowing a couple of other boys on the team. And he says to me, just as we were going out, where do you play? I think I've told this story a million times, I'm like, I'm a striker. Because Ali McCoyster was like, I'm a striker. And he put me on and he's like, right, go to right back. And I was like, for and he's like go right I said I'm a striker but his boy was a striker and he was a good striker to be fair yeah. and I was like right okay I'll go to right back and in my head straight away I'm thinking who do I like that plays right back and I can maybe try and mm -hmm. copy what they do but I didn't feel terrified at that moment and then see when he went like right we're down to two touch I'm like what the fuck does he mean I didn't know because I never and it's self-explanatory take two touches of the ball but I'm like I don't know what's he talking about and the boys are looking at me as if because they were older than me and what are you talking about and I'm like Barry, what do you mean go to touch? I don't know. And they were all wet and they at me, like the parents and all that. But I'm like, I don't have a fucking clue what you're talking about. And it was just that environment of... It's, not, it's, it's scary. Yeah. And then moving on for that, like we get told at the end of the year, you're too old, you need to go and find a new team. Yeah. And they said that it was no to my parents. And I was like, how did I find a, yeah. a new team? Like, I don't even know where to go. With that, to be fair, I don't know if perhaps when I went to Cumbernauld to Whitehill, I don't know if then in my head thinking about that there, it was probably an easier decision. Aye. There was less pressure. Yeah. So I almost, there was no expectations. Yeah. So... Just go and play. Just go and go and play and nobody expected to, to win. Or I'd, I'd looked at Glasgow City at that time and there was like big characters. Mm -hmm. Big characters that... You know that when you were on the pitch with them, I was never scared. Yeah. Like that was where you felt equal. Aye. But when in and around it, the other, the other bits of it, you know, mm -hmm. I was maybe looking at it going, I don't know if that's quite me, I just want to play and uh, that doesn't look appealing to me. Because mm -hmm. um, it is, it's terrifying, and to be honest, I don't think I've ever really got to a stage where, I mean, even now people probably laugh if they've mm -hmm. seen that, because I'm sure probably some of the younger players at Glasgow City are going, she is terrifying. Um, <laughs> and actually, I, I might and probably do come across as quite serious, but mm -hmm. that comes from an insecurity within me yep. about making sure that when I'm at training and when I'm at games, mm -hmm. I'm in the zone, I'm switched yep. on, and I'm there to play and I'm there to train and train. I'm there to do Definitely, the best I, I can do I agree with you. And, and be the best I can be. Um, 
and I don't think about the other things that go on or how that might come across to people, but it's, it's definitely it's from aye. that journey of not really enjoying the team aspect. Mm-hmm. Well, I enjoy friend. the friendship for the team, mm-hmm. I enjoy the social aspects of having your go-to people mm-hmm. and the banter when you're there and, and stuff like that, but there's an aspect to the team environment for me that has never been, I don't thrive on it, mm-hmm. I don't thrive on getting into no, the and meeting up and it being, that for me to this day is still a daunting process, yep. I arrive early and walk in when the dressing room is it's empty. Aye. Then arrive bang on time when it's nearly full. No, I would, yeah, I would agree with you. So and that's just my personality, probably. Where it's probably goes back to your childhood of what you were used to mm-hmm. and always being in your comfort zone. And maybe now the environment that we've created for kids that will change so they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be more comfortable within a team environment. Yeah. And they should be more comfortable. Definitely, aye. see that more and it's the norm mm-hmm. and there's more teams and there's more. Serious socialising where Aye. everybody has a changing room now, and, you Definitely. and you've, you've got your training facility, and you've yeah, got, you know, so there's bits of that. That's we used to just rock on the part, and that would be us, it would never be. I've written on, wouldn't you? Every yeah. layer you could get on, you were there. You were ready to go. Um, so, why? That's no, I, I would agree with you, even sometimes as a, as a coach. I like to be, I'm always in before everybody else anyway, and I sit. I tend to sit for a bit with mm-hmm. main thoughts, even though we Matt's in my ear trying to talk away to me. <laughs> he knows I switch off and don't hang me, but he'll still talk away to me yeah. just to make sure I'm all right mentally. But I tend to just sit and mm-hmm. reflect, and then as soon as people start coming in, I, I tend to leave and walk it, yeah. just so they've got their own space and so yeah. they're not hanging sort of his cooking. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I get that quite a lot of people as well when they look at me and think, he's got a face on, he must mm-hmm. be in a mood. But I'm no, I'm just thinking, I'm, no, I'm away. I'm, yeah. Sometimes I'm away. My, I'm a bit, maybe like yourself, my head's. I'm wondering, I'm thinking, got a lot going on in it. I do that all the time. I do that all the time. It's focus, eh? It's focus and it's thoughts and it's about processing it and trying to see out what's going to come, what's the training session going to look like. Definitely, yeah. How will it unfold? I've just got one, it's like probably the way Andy Murray's voice sounds, you know, when he has to explain, he's actually. I'm very happy. actually break a full blown smile. People think I'm just a bit dour faced. I know, I've got a lot of people say that to me. Smile, smile, get a smile on me. When you're actually happy, people know. That you're happy. I stop my face doesn't really change when I'm happy with it. I've got one of the faces that just stays the same. That wee angry cat man. Um you're talking about we touched briefly there on your international career. Um I'm not saying this to blow smoke up your ass, but I thought in the Argentina game you were outstanding at that World Cup mm. watching it. What was the mood run about the camp? I know it could still be touchy now, but what was the mood run about the World Cup and but listen, it was it's a hard one the World Cup because you look back now and, and you just think, how have we done that? No. Do you know, like, you, you came out the other end and people mm-hmm. were going, but, oh, but the experience must have been amazing and everybody that was there and look what it's done for the nation. Mm-hmm. But right now, especially still playing, you're going in, yep. we, we should have done better. Aye. I, I, I think my heart sank. I was watching it with Esme on the couch and obviously she's not young enough to know, but 
I was getting excited for the first time in a long time watching the game on the telly and then my heart, I think it's maybe because I know quite a lot of these anyway, but my heart genuinely sank. Yeah. Surreal, I mean, for me in the, the tournament in the sense that I gave everything mm -hmm. to get to the tournament Absolutely, to make sure yeah. I was selected and, mm -hmm. and that was the, the biggest thing. Um, and you have that mental battle where you prepare not to go mm -hmm. as well. So you, I had prepared not to be selected, yep. which again that comes with age and experience and, yeah. and dealing with disappointment and knowing mm -hmm. that Definitely. you're just another player. And I've got so much respect for the, the team around me, mm -hmm. the players and, and the quality. And yep. Um, I genuinely look on it with a lot of admiration at times because I think how lucky mm -hmm. um, to play with the pool of players that are at Scotland and, yep. and the quality and the strength and the depth yeah, and yeah. the journey that we've, we've been on. Ah, it's a great journey. Um, so you, you could never have felt aggrieved in the sense that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been annoyed that somebody else was going and, and I yeah. was going, but I also knew that I was going to, willing to give everything to mm -hmm. get there. So one part it's getting there. Yep. So then you're selected, so you've got that buzz, mm -hmm. you've got that excitement about the games and the hype that, that went with the tournament in the sense that like the chartered flight going out and stuff. Yeah. People made that was a bigger deal and, and stuff. And as a player, you you look back in that in years to come, I think, and that will be more unique in, yeah. that, in that sense. Because um, we laugh about travel with the national team mm -hmm. and stuff, and even over <laughs> the last decade, yep. you know, we went through lugging 23 kilo steel crates on and off trains at Heathrow that's brilliant um, man you know and loading up the, the buses ourselves and all mm -hmm. that's going to change now that gets couriered and yep. whatever else the cases are solid by the way I've, I've been there and done that as a kid that's solid it's a skill in its own man uh, that's where the communication actually mm -hmm. improved and the team is when we had to navigate 20 bags <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant man so you've got all that, then you get to the tournament, and for me that it was, you're a player mm -hmm. and you're preparing for games. Yep. So the hype around the World Cup is for everybody else. Mm -hmm. I felt when we were there, it was just about us, and, and there yep. was bits of where you can look back now because it was new for the the team and the coaching team and the staff that were there, it was another experience, you know, so there's probably bits of that you would change even now, mm -hmm. shortly, looking back and reflecting on that, just in terms of the dynamics and um, with your downtime and, and stuff like that, all the things yeah. that make you happy in and around training and playing. And then once you're there and the games and the results never went our way in the first two games and for me, no playing in, in those mm -hmm. games, it was difficult because it, you knew we had more yeah. And you knew we, we had the potential um, mm -hmm. to get results from those games. So Absolutely. That frustration. And then you play that mind game with yourself when you're at the tournament and you're thinking, well, I'm here. And in one moment, the biggest thing was, what if I'm not there? Mm -hmm. And then once you're there, it's what if I don't play? Yep. <laughs> so, Aye, definitely. You know, yeah. And you've got friends and so much family I had over there. and people don't understand that you manage their emotions as well and Absolutely. their frustrations. Yep. Um, so you kind of trying to, you know, what's, what's the team you play in the day, you do, what's going on? Mm -hmm. and, and you want to play, no for you, because you know that if 
another starting eleven gets announced, they yep. get as much right as you to play. Mm-hmm. But for a selfish aspect, you're going. But they've travelled and they've came here. Uh, and they want to see me play. Definitely. Um, so you kind of have that build up. So actually, the time it came with the Argentina game and obviously the squad was announced in terms of the starting eleven and stuff. I just felt relief. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, it was I, just. Oof. And I think I played that night with relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, if I could freeze life at 68 minutes when we scored the third goal, yep. and maybe couldn't have changed the outcome of the game, but see, just to en- almost enjoy the moment yep. longer and mm-hmm. to appreciate and yeah. take that in, you know, that, that was a real buzz um, around the team. And coming out the other end, it's up to us to, to manage that mm-hmm. and reflect on how you don't uh, lose that sort of advantage in a game loads of mind games that go with that because in the Euros we had missed out in goal difference yep. in the Spain game um, where we had won but we needed to win by two mm-hmm. that was the thought process for some of us in the Argentina yeah. game that even then once Argentina scored we were then thinking we still need to get that gap yep. back again rather than accepting yeah, yeah, the fact yeah. that 3-1 might have been alright 3-2 mm-hmm. would have been fine you yep. kind of get caught still chasing the game and it's in game emotions, isn't if it? Is what happens. If you one nil, you probably mm-hmm. would have just seen the game out as well. Ah, I seen it as one nil. But because it felt so comfortable, we allowed the game still to be open, and mm-hmm. there was bits of the game we could have managed better. Um, and the downfall coming out of that wasn't nice. You know, the, the couple of months yeah. after the the World Cup yeah. wasn't nice. And I say that to people now in terms of. If you're planning life and you plan for the best, you almost need to plan for the worst as well. 100%. And you always need to have something there where, if you're like me and the mentality of me, you need to have something in the diary that motivates you. Mm-hmm. There has to be the next thing. Yep. And actually coming out the back of the World Cup, I don't think I gave myself that. Mm-hmm. It was back to normal duty. Yeah. Two weeks off, back to Glasgow City training, probably still feeling a bit... Sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, still managing the emotions, it the disappointment, the yep. what ifs. Um, no enjoying the achievement of it. That probably won't come for another couple of years. You don't. Hang on to. Nah, you don't enjoy your moments. <laughs> um, you don't. But it's a whole learning experience. So it's Absolutely. And much as it, there's been ultimate lows there, I think there's there's a lot that the team. Mm-hmm. The beauty is that the team. At the Euros when that happened, kind of diminished quite a lot. Players retired. Yeah. Um, the management team changed, so the opportunity we've got now with that squad at the World Cup is that hopefully that will be a similar type squad that, that goes on and hopefully qualifies for Euro twenty twenty one. And you actually have the opportunity to correct the yeah. things that, that went wrong and Definitely. do better. Uh, and that's all we can ever do. That's all anybody can do in life is if, if you get no, that wrong. No, 100%. It's about how you bounce back and how you improve and how you learn for those mistakes. Um, and it's been an absolute brilliant uh, journey to mm-hmm. been part in. At 32, I'm honestly so thankful that I'm still playing the now at the level that's allowing me to yeah. keep my foot in the door and, and experience that. Because if you think about being the real acid that was playing longies in the Salvation yep. Army to being an adult at 32 that's playing in a World Cup, mm-hmm. you know, with the highest viewing figures that a World Cup has, has ever seen. Um, that's quite cool as, as well, but it's it's not finished yet, so it's... No, definitely. 
It's cool fun now, eh? It's cool. How you can take as much out of that. It's cool fun now, you're right. And uh, I think one of, probably, uh, there's a lot of great moments in football for me, but I enjoy seeing people that I admire uh, and that inspire me have good moments. And I think one of the moments where I was sitting, we did a game, got back up the road and I switched on Alba and you had to beat Hibs to get that wee clear sight and goal. And somebody must have just got hold of you in the PlayStation controller. Because you've went from one end to the pitch to the other and steamrolled that ball in the back of that net. And it was just like, yes. That's up there with the moment Gaza picked it up against Aberdeen and, and went for me. That was good. That was, I enjoyed that. I, and honestly, see, that, that goal, I, I don't even know really where that came from. It happened so fast. But I remember, I think, if we had played Hibs close, I think they might have put us out in the semi-final mm -hmm. the week before. Aye. Two weeks before, perhaps, uh, and I remember us coming into the dressing room devastated. Mm -hmm. And I won't go into too much detail in terms of no, what no. I said, but yeah. the point to the team was that I knew Hibs believed that they were going to win the title. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I knew that is because I had experienced the exact same feeling when I was at Celtic mm -hmm. in 2008, it would have been. Eight nine season where the league was really close, mm -hmm. we pushed Glasgow City right to the very end. I think we actually ended up finishing third though. Mm -hmm. Spartans had a brilliant season yep. as well that year. We drew 3 3 with them at Ainsley Park, maybe last couple of games of the season. Um, but I remember in that Celtic dressing room, I think we beat Glasgow City, yep. Glasgow Green that year. Um, and it was, a, and I remember believing, mm -hmm. I remember knowing in the way that we felt. Yeah. And it was, it was the wrong feeling to have because yeah. what we underestimated was that Glasgow City were a team of experience mm -hmm. and they were a team of players that had been over the course, yeah. that they knew what to do and it never mattered if they were losing or not, they knew how to win. Exactly. And I remember that feeling when I came back into the dressing room after the semi-final and I seen how Hibs celebrated and mm. I knew what it meant to them and I looked at us and I thought, we're actually underestimating what we've got in this dressing room mm. because we've been over the course. Absolutely. You know, anybody I think can win a cup game. Mm -hmm. You know, in over the course, yeah. I've won cup games that yeah, mm -hmm. shouldn't have won in trophies. Maybe they've yep. not played the best, but it's not about that. It's about getting over the line. And I remember having that chat with, with the team and basically just saying that that was kind of what we needed to do was we needed to show what we were about. Mm -hmm. um, and that Hibsy's insecurity actually lay with them because they believed yeah. that the title was going to be theirs. That it was done. So when that game came, and uh, uh, you see me, I'm shocked when mm -hmm. I score because it, like, it was <laughs> like I had hit the rage Aye. because they had scored. Mm -hmm. uh, it just, <laughs> just went, man. It was, you know what, it, it was like being back on that concrete it, uh, uh, when it, somebody it, scored against you. probably like the, mm -hmm. the Red Sea they were maybe expecting me just to pass the ball mm -hmm. over and I don't know and when it went into the net I, I just like, it's probably one of the mm -hmm. best goals I've ever seen Incredible. in terms of what it meant because mm -hmm. right now at Glasgow City you, you carry you carry the legacy of the club now yep. and you carry the burden mm -hmm. of being successful yeah 100% and, and at some point that success might make the end mm -hmm. and if it does then, then that's fine but mm -hmm. you, you Whilst I'm playing and since I've come back to Scotland, I will genuinely do everything I can to make sure Glasgow City are the best that we mm -hmm. can be. 
and that Scottish football was the best. Yeah. Be, you know, and Agreed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be playing otherwise if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I remember, and just looking back at the photos and stuff, like, I'm genuinely shocked that, <laughs> that the balls went in the net. Like, I have no idea how it managed to get there. I no, it's <laughs> amazing. I don't know if it was Haley maybe that. Mean, only mean Haley, I think, touched the ball between. There was only two years that touched that, eh? Um, mental, but listen, that was just, I think it was just meant to be. And there was two years that touched it, and it genuinely was like when I was watching it. So that's like almost the experience of my entire career mm-hmm. that led to that moment, I would yep. say. And it was having experienced the, the, the negatives at Celtic, yep. and missing out, and feeling that close, and, and getting within touch. You, you need them. Mm-hmm. You need no, them. You need them to kick remembers you on. the people that, that finished second and no. third, and nobody. People just remember the winners, and then it's up to you if you're not the winner, mm-hmm. how you take from that to absolutely, to and how, and, how you're going to get there. Um, it, I genuinely that meant the world. That in the, the Scottish Cup, I think last season. Ah, it was special as well. What a game that was! I was in the airport that day, heading to Derby, and I was trying to get it, and they were boarding the flight, and I'm like, ah, come on, come on, come on. And then I just thingmed, and it came up goal mm-hmm. for free, Claire Shine. I thought, fucking get in there, Shine. And people might look at it and think, well, you're away for Glasgow City, but why? But I was there for nine years, yeah. so it's going to have an effect on you. It's going to leave a lasting. And I wish, honestly, wish them all the best, and wish you was all the best in what you're doing. Yeah, but it's. Can you see Shiny's come out this week and absolutely we're interviewing stuff in, in terms of mental health and, absolutely. and where she's come from, and, and that that was a big part of why the cup. Mm-hmm meant so much because you're looking at people like that you're looking mm-hmm. at their journeys you're, you're looking at where they've come from yeah. and how we've got there um, I mean the, I was probably close to tears but I, I mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was because we were not going to extra time mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or if it was actually that she'd scored um, but I just thought oh, it was it was meant to be yeah. those, those two games were just meant to be mm-hmm. and it epitomises everything that We've been through as a club at Glasgow City. Um, Absolutely, hundred percent agree with you. It genuinely, it genuinely um, meant the world, and it's it's brilliant when you come out and talk. Because I was just mm-hmm. thinking, surely it's not going to be another end to a season mm-hmm. where your lasting thought is you've lost a cup game, yeah, lost a cup final. You know, just it's a horrible to feeling. Break and not have that opportunity to. Own in you know like the, the cup semi final the year before mm-hmm. ended on a high but um, you're that's a hard part of football isn't it because yeah. the cup finals always end yeah. of the season so you've not got yeah. the more to go and say right no. this is what we'll put no. right so you need to wait another six weeks four weeks I, two weeks whatever it is you just you can't get out of the system uh, it's horrible it was brilliant and I, I was delighted for shining as you that was probably one of the best ah, she's top class eh? You've seen, yeah. Two years with that PlayStation <laughs> controller, man, honestly, I'm telling you. It's on it. When I watched it, I swear to God, I just watched it and I'm thinking, that's one name you used to, you said it there, it's when you were a kid, you used to get a rager because somebody scored or somebody's made a mistake, yeah. you used to run and blitter the fucker mm-hmm. and it used to fly in, it would be the best goal you've ever yeah, scored. Yeah, in the sense where in games that we concede first mm-hmm. it's because you've been going through the motions yep. and it's been too easy and saying that you've been keeping the ball and doing nice patterns of play yep. or then it breaks down and you go again and then the other team score and you almost go wait a minute aye hold on that was the, no, the script on. that wasn't even happening you got the pitch and you score straight away but no definitely that's, that's fine in games where you then go on and win mm-hmm. you know 7-1 yep 
when it's tight, I just couldn't believe they'd done it and just opened and I'm like, but oh, Jesus Christ. Just keep us on the edge, it's fans anyway. Crazy, aye. But it was good. We'd speak about Brunby, but we're running out of time, so. But, Leanne, thank you very much for coming on, it's been a pleasure. I know we could, thank you, new. How do you feel about it? How do you feel?